Pitch Perfect 3 was previously the worst film I've ever seen. Until today? Until the experience of Fast X. Yeah. I have so much hatred for that film, it's genuinely unbelievable. Um, and I, I confidently will say that's the worst film I've ever seen. And I pray that I don't have to go and watch the two sequels that are coming. I think it says, um, I think it says a lot about the, uh, the state of the modern franchise that this movie's logline, or the logline for Fast X, is the end of the road begins. Like, you're making the finale a trilogy. Like, <laughs> you know, gone are the days that a trilogy was enough in itself. Now, just to wrap up a series of movies, you need three. Which does, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me at all. Like, it, it's... I think that's so transparently um, moving away from the idea of drama and towards what can make us the most money. Yeah, I, I mean, this film from start to finish was a complete mess. Um, <clears throat> the storyline... I mean, the storyline of A Vengeful Son, um, you know, haunting the lives of a family or a group of people could be interesting in some respects, but, you know, it's been done, you know, it's been done a lot, obviously, um, and it was just, you know, there was no suspense, there was no... You know, it was just there was no suspense they've done the helicopter stunts the last four or five films and I wasn't overly impressed with them the first time I saw them and it's just I don't, I don't understand and, and the thing is this, this film's going to make so much money there are going to be a lot of Fast and Furious fans that are going to be swept along just because they like the characters and, and, and I understand that you know this franchise has been going for 20 plus years um but like, it's, I think it's just cynical that, that this film was cynical to me. It was so bad. And I, there was only one redeeming feature in the film for me. What was that? Well, I'm a wrestling fan. So John Cena was the only redeeming feature for me. It got 45 minutes in and I was worried that he wasn't going to make an appearance, which really concerned me because after 20 minutes, I wanted to leave. You know, and he, he, John Cena hit his finisher on a security card, which I absolutely loved. And that's a, and that was three seconds of the film that I would say I would view again. I would view that clip again. <laughs> but other than that, I, I genuinely would be, it would be too soon if I ever see this again. Yeah. Um, so I think if I'm being honest, the last Fast and Furious movie I saw before this one, was Fast Five was the fifth one, I think. So I've missed five, I think. I don't even think I'd seen them all before five. <laughs> or maybe, I've, I don't know. I've not seen many of these movies. I'm not that familiar with the, uh, with the franchise. Um, but it's funny because this movie focuses on the son of the villain in the fifth, in Fast Five. Mm -hmm. um, and so it felt like well, I guess I got lucky. Like I didn't need to see the f all of the movies between five and ten to understand it or to follow it, which I think says a lot about the franchise. Like right there, just 
you know the fact that you've done sort of four or five movies and they're relevant to, well, the, to the to the supposedly story. All you all you missed out on is the return of characters where they try to force you, you know they try to make it meaningful. That that's all you missed. You know, bringing Jason Statham in for a scene, bringing John Cena back from the last film, like you know, um, bringing Gal Gadot back. It's you know it's an attempt to make the audience. It's a really, in my opinion, a very cheap attempt to just bring back. You can't bring back eight characters in one film. <laughs> like, it's just that, that's it kind just of ridiculous. feels like every movie, even the fifth one. Like I remember, they were like, "Oh yeah, we have got to get a team together," and it's rounding up the old guys. Like every movie's the same. They're all they're all sort of re like every movie they reconnect with the with the team and you know there's another mission and whatever and it just seems to follow like very much the same mold, um, without anything kind of original ever. I mean, I didn't know Jason. Well, you know, I, I knew, but I hadn't seen a movie with J- uh, one of these movies with Jason Statham in up until this point. Um, and Spin-offs, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm familiar with like the titles and stuff, but obviously I haven't seen them. Um, but I couldn't tell you why Jason Statham was in this movie at all. He had like one scene, and, the, and it was pointless. It was a scene where he was trying to kill Han after Han made this big deal of, you know, going to visit him and having to do it on his own. And then what broke out after 30 seconds of them having a, an intense, as if they wanted to call it intense, uh, interaction, <clears throat> loads of army guys busted in and then they had to work together immediately to, uh, to, to kill 20 guys. And, and then he drove off into the sunset and that was it. Like It was one of many pointless scenes that really didn't need to be in the film. I actually looked at you every time there was a scene that was irrelevant and saw the despair in your face. <laughs> there was the fight and the, the you know the scene in the in the um, the IT the internet cafe where Ludacris and Tyrese yeah. Gibson were like I mean we got we got to that before maybe I was expecting to but Pete Davidson shows up. Yeah. What was that? What was that entire scene? It was that was such a mess. It, it, like why there's so much of that scene made no sense like you've, you've rocked up in London for no reason you've walked into an internet cafe two of them Ludacris and the other kid like have a fight for very little reason Tyrus Gibson the, yeah. whole, the whole time they're talking about everything in terms of dollars Pete Davidson obviously like no attempt at a British accent or a British character like why have you set this in London if it's it, it, I oh. and that speaks to a, a sort of a setting and location problem that I have with this movie that we can get to later but yeah that I mean, in a movie of a relevant moment, there are just scenes that didn't need to be there. That stood out as like the most jar. Yeah, and and uh, like Han starts tripping on muffins that he's eating. That you know what I mean. And that like, goes nowhere. And that goes absolutely <laughs> nowhere. It's like two seconds. Like what? What you know? There, there are ten uh, minutes later, he's scrapping Jason uh, State in you, his you garage. Know, everything, <laughs> everything that didn't involve Vin Diesel went essentially nowhere you know that the, the yeah. fight with uh dom's wife and charlie's thrown in the prison for like two minutes and before they start working together you know they fight it skips away from them for 20 minutes and then they're a team like it, yeah. it's, it was I, honestly i cannot if, if you weren't in the cinema with me i definitely would have left a hundred percent i've never wanted to walk out of a film in my life and after this, 
literally after the Rome, the scene in Rome, the first 20 minutes of the film, I thought, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what you're getting with this, don't you? Like, you know what you're getting with this franchise. Like, um, and it is just becoming lazier and, I don't I guess just more outrageous, you know? It's, it's another one of those John Wick movies where, like, it's, it's kind of like cathartic action that kind of is insulting. <laughs> Stop in on John way. Wick. <laughs> well, John Wick was entertaining at the very least. Yeah, you see, John Wick has an element of self-awareness that kind of makes it funny. Like, it's kind of like laughing with you at how outrageous and unbelievable the stunts are and the things that John Wick's doing. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of supposed to be, you know, it's, it's Keanu Reeves having fun. Um, obviously, the Fast and Furious has the the, uh, the kind of whole family thing and the the sort of like the, the the undertone of pushing specific American values or whatever. Like, and and that kind of makes it well in that sense, it's taking itself way too seriously. There's no sort of like you know Vin Diesel driving down the vertical face of a dam. And you see him changing gear, <laughs> and you know it's just taking itself way too seriously. Like it, it, you know, there's no, there's no kind of like sense of it saying of anybody involved in this making this movie saying like, yeah, we know it's ridiculous, but we're just trying to have fun. And yeah. that is present in John Wick and other movies of this genre. But yeah, I, yeah, what I'm saying is it takes itself too seriously, and you know the humour that they attempted I mean I saw a little bit of humour in, jo- in John Cena I appreciate John Cena I obviously gonna ride out for him as a wrestling fan but they 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 fix these jokes onto Tyrese Gibson um, and you know maybe t- previously it would have been black jokes they didn't try and do that as much this time but the, the one liners that they gave Tyrese Gibson they weren't funny um, and they just, you know, they did it over and over again. I, 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 you know, what was he meant to be? You know, when Vin Diesel and, and Han, so Dominic Tretter and Han are having that meeting in the garage and and uh, Tyrese Gibson drives a car in and goes, oh, were you having a meeting? And, every, and you know, there are some murmurings of laughter in the, in the audience. Like, what what are you trying to... I, is, he, is he the lovable fool? Is he... Is he I mean that worked in the earlier movies, like the the um, uh, relationship between um, him and Ludacris's character, and like you know the sort of brotherly like back and forth thing. Like, but it's, it it does feel like this this franchise has just gone off a cliff like so long ago, and they're still doing it. Mm. Like you know that that kind of those jokes got satirized and and you know overused like six movies ago. And it's like no one's even writing this anymore. Like what I sat through yesterday felt like a trailer for another Fast and Furious movie. And it was a Fast and Furious movie. Like there's every scene is so pointless. The plot is so hollow. There's no attention given to anything like characterization anymore or like no no character is is like brought forward from where the, from their position in the previous movies and like as long ago as five movies, you know. Um they're just the same archetype put in and it's like no it's like it's like oh you know we've got we need a five minute scene here in the garage like just you know get in character and for me two lines of dialogue each for me there's no writing fast and furious at the start had something it was yeah i agree it was you know street races for 
you know, for, for kind of thugs and criminals and, you know, there was the undertones of, you know, I think a Tokyo Drift, there's the undertones of like, you know, a drug world and, you know, kind of getting involved with exploring into that a little bit. And, and, and there were so many ways the early films kind of played into kind of that that world you know not this not this big corporate world where they're doing jobs for governments and stuff like that the the ground the grassroots stuff they were doing ha- had an interest it also had an end point yeah and and after three or four films you could probably go do you know what that was a de- that was a good series Let, let's move on from this no I actually completely agree with that like I've always sort of rated Fast and Furious for having a specific USP like and it's not just you know I guess like you could criticise John Wick for just being kind of another like movie of that genre like another action movie that focuses around one male protagonist like um, I don't criticise John Wick for that fair, well fair enough but, you know <laughs> that's on. just an example you know James Bond Jason yeah, Bourne yeah. And, you know it's just, it goes on and on and on it? like um, but Fast and Furious I don't know like the first like three I guess were kind of or like which are up to whatever Tokyo Drift whatever number Tokyo Drift was or um yeah, like I, I, I kind of agree. Like they were ridiculous, but I mean, I guess at that point it wasn't overdone. It was just like the idea of like exploring the street racer world and the kind of like honourable criminal thing and all that, and the you know the the thin line between <laughs> the wrong and right side of the law. You know, <laughs> like um, and that I guess that kind of made sense. Like it's I'd, not really I'd, for me, but at, I fast, get it. at this point, at Fast Ten, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather have took an origin story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know they're gonna do that at some point. Um, I'm, you know, unfortunately, and maybe, well, I mean, there's not too many people listening to this, but the, the producer might go, "Oh yeah, I'll do an origin story next when, <laughs> once the trilogy's done." Um, but I don't, I don't think they'll ever do something so. Right? I think they'll just keep plowing on. Uh, uh, they might do a well, yeah. I mean, they, I guess maybe Hobbs and Shaw's, maybe Hobbs and Shaw was some form of origin story, but. I mean, it's still involved. Well, you got Dom Toretto. You got Dom Toretto's kid involved now, and he's already, you know, driving cars at the age of twelve eight or something. Yeah, but um, you know, like how long are we are you, that actor's going to grow up, get ripped, and be the next Dom Toretto? Yeah, well, that have... brings me on to another thing I hated about the film. I hated that child, and I hated <laughs> everything that involved that child. Unfortunately, John Cena got paired with that child. Now. <laughs> The lines he was given were awful. He was made to enjoy homicide. He blew up a yeah, he blew that up three cars and was like, "Whoa, that was awesome!" That okay. was wild. So, um, you know, at twelve years old, he's got six bodies on his record, yeah. and you know, what he was meant to be this lovable child that you had to care for, you know, no matter what, and protect no matter what, and and he was just. I mean, the script written for him was was awful, and you know maybe it's not, you know maybe the child is a much better actor than that film allowed him to be, um, but he's probably going to grow up, you know, like you say, grow up into that franchise and and <clears throat> you know make millions out of it. But it was awful that his the way they portrayed that story with the child was terrible. I hated every second that he was on the screen. I really did. Um, jumping from cut, you know, jumping out of one fast-moving car to another, killing people. Uh, the the really cheesy, you know, lift lifting up a car cloth and being like, "Whoa, look at that!" Like, 
you know, it, it wasn't cute. It wasn't endearing. It was just, uh, it was just stupid. Yeah. I hated it. Uh, that, I mean, yeah. So that's something that, that really bothers me about um, this genre, like the action genre, but specifically this franchise, which is like the uh, the amount of bodies that everyone's got on them. <laughs> like Vin Diesel's chasing a bomb through Rome at the, at the beginning of them, trying to save the Vatican from getting blown up, and you know hundreds thousands of innocent lives lost yet while he's doing it he's ramming police cars off the road like folding cars left right and something like you know and you're thinking like all these cops it's like 20 30 people you've just killed in supposedly the pursuit of saving the city i mean all these guys are just doing their job in fact they're trying to do the same thing like like they're not yeah they're not even they're not even connected to the to the village i don't know what kind of training the cops had when they're shooting at the bomb (laughs) like like, you know i to be fair stuff like that i would really find funny and enjoy but it was just a month but i I feel like they were they were again it was taking itself so seriously that they thought that cops shooting at a bomb was going to be like a good idea you know to stop to stop the bomb and and for me uh, yeah there were there were moments in there that I wanted to enjoy, like six police officers shooting at a giant bomb rolling towards them. But the whole tone of the film just didn't allow me to do that. And and you know stuff like that shouldn't be in films. They should, you know, a film producer should know better not to put ridiculous stuff like that in films. But when they do, I can sometimes enjoy it. But I just there was just nothing there for me in this film. Yeah, it, it's. You know, like the first, the first and Furious franchise became a joke quite a long time ago. You know, like the whole Dom Toretto, like family of everything memes and all that kind of thing. Like that's been and gone, and it's like there's not even any self awareness of that. You know, you, Star Wars will sort of play into those jokes. Like you got those at the moments with the the stormtroopers in uh, Mandalorian talking about how you know they can't shoot and all that kind of stuff. Like even Spider-Man with the you know sort of recreating the Spider-Man memes and all you know, there's like an awareness of the culture and the fandom outside of the outside of the story space Fast and Furious fails to kind of like take that opportunity like mm. it's like they it's like they're still taking themselves seriously despite you know like it's it, there's so there's so much that's just memeable in this like there's so much that's impossible to take seriously and I think the fact that it is still trying to take itself seriously and tell serious stories with you know and, and force particular values and all that kind of thing like is just patronising to an audience. Like I don't know who sat through who could sit through what we sat through yesterday and actually enjoy it. You know, like there's there's not you can't even just focus on like the cathartic action like you could in John Wick if if that's your thing, because it's still asking you to take it seriously. Yeah. It's still ask, it's not asking you to like enjoy yourself. It's asking you to sort of really be invested in the plight of these characters. Mm. Like, oh, what's going to happen to to Vin Diesel's son, who we've known for all of thirty seconds? Like, you know, and there's characters sacrificing themselves for him, like at the drop of a hat, who who supposedly we are invested in because they've had more, you know, and ugh, everyone's brought back to life. Like, I swear, half of these characters that came back had died had died in previous in, movies. In brutal ways. Yeah. <laughs> in really bad in ways crazy car crashes and I'm sure Gal got up died in a plane like a, in a plane explosion and uh, but there she is leading <laughs> a, a submarine, submarine. In, in the Antarctic 
So I think mentioning the anti that brings me on to a huge problem that I got in modern storytelling, which is this complete abandonment of the idea of unity of space. Like, why is it? Well, I know why it is, but for God's sake, like, stop having your characters jet around the entire globe in one movie. It's like, it's. And I think this is it. We're just moved, we're so far from from anybody trying to tell a story now. It's so transparent that you are trying to glamorize these locations. Mm. It's like we're in Rome, now we're in Rio, now we're in London, now we're in LA. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's all these kind of like cityscapes. I mean, half of them in Fast Five were CGI. I don't know if you noticed that, but that was crazy. Like, I don't even think they got a shot of like Rome's skyline or whatever. I think they CGI it in, which is crazy to me. Like, mm. you're trying to sort of glamorize travel. It, it feels like I wonder who's sort of I wonder if like travel companies and you know package holidays have, have invested in these movies like it's it speaks to a sort of cultural psyche of like glamorous travel I think which I hate um, because it's so irrelevant to the story but more than anything like it's it takes me out of the action so much when a character teleports from one side of the globe to another between scenes mm. like it, it really bothers me uh, John Wick again was so so guilty of that like why do you need to have all of these spaces why is, I get that it's you know they're all, they're all government agents like responding to hotspots all over the planet but like you know what? why the, the characters go on a mission to Rome and then they sneak aboard a boat in a shipping container and ship themselves to London for no reason why have you got to look why have you done that like, just so you can meet Jason Statham like it's 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 completely bizarre it doesn't make sense to me um I think like specifically the problem with it is that when you don't have a, a confined story space when you don't have any parameters on on the on where your characters can go you can't tell a concise story like that you can't you can't hold the drama in like character can just and, and I'm not saying that there can be no travel in movies no no you know no character every movie must have one solid setting I'm not necessarily saying that like we've come a long way from you know like French dramatists that you know but why is it that now it's kind of like expected that there's like six or seven major locations in, in every in every movie in every franchise in every sort of TV show as well like and it you've got no boundaries on the story you've got no boundaries on the drama and it just dilutes it completely like Don Toretto is the most wanted man in the world and he just he's like well I'll just go to Rio they won't find me there it's like how have you got there <laughs> <laughs> you've done it in one take like you don't want cut yeah and the shipping container um the rest of the crew smuggling themselves from from Rome to London um, for no reason. What? Absolutely for no reason. Number one, and and yeah, number two. Like you know, we kind of set off off air that there's a story in that. <laughs> yeah, like a group of people smuggling themselves in a in a, a container full of aftershave from Rome to London in itself is a movie. Like how do they get? <laughs> you know, they get they come out of the container. Like it doesn't even explain how they open the bloody doors of the container. They just open. You know, they just walk out, and they're like, "Oh God!" Like that was that was a horrible experience. And then they just walk off the ship, and they're in central London. Like what? What? 
there's you know what a what a weird, who chose to write that scene who greenlighted that that as an idea like oh yeah we'll have them in this shipping container like it doesn't make it, it's so irrelevant to the story this is such a mess of a movie it really is so at this point I kind of want to talk about the only usual redeeming feature in a film that is generally quite bad an action film <clears throat> an action film that doesn't have much going for it a Marvel film uh, you know, superhero movie, DC, um, a feature that usually can save a whole film based on a character's performance, and that is the villain. Mm. Um, so we we'll have to talk about Jason Momoa here. We're gonna. F I'm gonna f read a couple of comments in his defence before the onslaught that is about to come. <laughs> um, so. Let's get a few of these comments up. The cliffhanger. So this is the title of the comment, the cliffhanger. So I'll read the whole comment because it's not too long. Wow, just came out of Fast X and oh my God, I was blown away. The movie is really fun, entertaining and ridiculous, but I love them. I think this is one of my favorites. Jason Momoa as the villain is amazing. He does a great job and I loved him in this movie. I smell some Lobo coming up. Um, and just, I did a bit of research, Lobo is a DC villain, a uh, DC alien villain that actually looks like Jason Momoa, <laughs> but, uh, you know, created in 1983, so this person thinks there's a Jason Momoa DC film coming up, even though he's already Aquaman, so I don't really see how that'll work. Um, <laughs> Jason's character was really funny and crazy, it almost looked like Dom had his own Joker. The rest of the cast, everyone does an amazing job. And if I was you, I'd sit up to the end credits. There's a scene that will surprise for you. So Alfie and I left as soon as the end credits hit. But um, from other comments I've read, it seems like The Rock's making a comeback, which, I don't know, might entice me to the next film. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, and that's the comment uh, in support of Jason Momoa. Now, the basically... Um, a lot of positives were saying that J Jason Momoa and Charlie's Theron stole the show. Um, yeah, the no, no, she is, but she had about two scenes. Yeah, stole I know. the show. Um, and the bad reviews, the bad comments, talked about Jason Momoa being the only redeemable feature. Um, right. <laughs> personally, I don't see it, and I'll get onto that in a second. But what what do you think of Jason Momoa in this film? And maybe Jason Momoa. <laughs> Jason Momoa, you suck. Like, bro, stop acting. I've not allowed. I, I don't think I've seen a movie that I could rate above a one out of ten with him in it, ever. I think the only decent part he's ever had was um, Car Drogo in Game of Thrones. He didn't have any lines. He was a good physical presence for what half a series. Like, I, it's not. It's not like personal. <laughs> like. Um, I think he's quite a cool guy outside of I don't know him obviously but I think he's actually quite a cool guy outside of uh, like the world of cinema but there's something about his performances that are just so like he he's like it feel I always get the impression he's like some kid that they've let in and he's just having such a great time just to be there which is endearing so I want to like him as a person but every time it's like I wish they'd given this role to someone serious. 
Um, and this is a good example. I mean, not necessarily an example of that specifically because this role, I mean, you know, it's just another Fast and Furious villain. But it, it seemed as though he was really trying to do some kind of Joker thing. Um, there was a lot of... There was a lot that he, I felt like he'd taken from... Um, Heath Ledger and Jared Leto's Jokers like there's this kind of like I'm gonna do the really eccentric over the like you know flamboyant villain um, and it's gonna steal the show I mean he's definitely the most notable character but I think that's usually the case I think that's kind of what you were alluding to that's usually the case with villains like they're usually the biggest characters and therefore the most memorable and sometimes even the most likable um, and so he achieved like I, I, I see the I get the uh, the praise for that. Like he does achieve that. He is the most notable um, character in this. But like that's not saying anything, you know. Like this movie was such a mess that like the villain be you know I don't know. But yeah, I I I'm really starting to lose patience with um with Jason Momoa as an actor because every time he shows up, it's or like Aquaman. I didn't actually I don't know even bother watching it, <laughs> but like. Aquaman, Aquaman was okay. So for me, um, I I don't think I've seen enough to to kind of brush him with that. Uh, you know, he's he's awful. I, I think he he would have been given no favors in this film, particularly in terms of the script and everything like that. I I, I actually am probably gonna maybe watch a little bit more of Jason Momoa in different roles to to see what I, what I actually think of him. But I I definitely think I've seen him as Carl Drogo. You're right. Had no dialogue wasn't you know was a prominent feature at the start of game of thrones but not much since then um i saw him in aquaman and i mean i've watched the thing is i've seen i i do this thing i watch films once and don't necessarily go back um unless i absolutely love it it, it was it was decent um i think i think he's, he's he's that big towering figure um who's gonna who's gonna live kind of in the action world and and I know he has tried to do some other stuff, but so I'm going to go and, and watch that. There's C on Apple TV. I might watch a little bit of that. Yeah, so C was a great idea. C was C was really promising. Falls apart because of Jason Momoa's performance. Do you? All oh, right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, and, and I, so what I will say is, um, The Rock was used to. Well, depends if you think The Rock's a good actor. He <laughs> he was criticised heavily in the early 2000s for how poor he was. And I would say he's maybe rounded off a little bit and and probably decent. He's a decent... Dwayne Johnson is a decent action figure. I don't know if... We watched Ballers. That was pretty good. I haven't seen... Um, I haven't seen much stuff with him in, but I I quite... I don't dislike his character in this, in Fast and Furious. Um, And John Cena as well. Jason Statham. Yeah. Even Vin Diesel. All of these people, they're not, you know, outstanding actors, but they're good at what they do. Yeah. Whereas I really get the impression that, that Jason Momoa is like, you know, some kid they've let. It, it, that is what it is. It's like he's been, he's like he's won a prize. Yeah. <laughs> to be I, in this I, movie. I, like, th- I think he and he's will, just gassed to be there. <laughs> I, I think, you know, there's probably, spe- there's a lot of space for him to improve. And I think Maybe that's the case. A lot yeah. of them do improve. A lot, you know, yeah. John Cena at the start, again, same as The Rock wasn't great you didn't want to see him and stuff I actually think he's decent in, in a lot of stuff he does now um, he, pl- he plays a type of role but I, but I think him and him and Dwayne Johnson do it well maybe Jason Momoa goes into that same same ilk he, he'll, he'll play those roles he'll learn a lot more about you know even I know you, you're not a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy but even Dave Bautista in that I'm not I'm just sort of wrestlers but like you know he shows it, up it, in um, Glass Onion doesn't he it? yeah it, it's, it's actors that you know 
those guys are act- and weren't actors at the start obviously they do performance entertainment and they learn a lot along the way and, yeah, and they're yeah, actually yeah. better and I think maybe he will well, also perhaps, go on that journey perhaps that's the case but I think I think what's frustrating me like and why I say you know, maybe it's harsh to say stop acting like that's my, that's my maybe a bit extreme but like those actors that you've mentioned start in you know stuff like Fast and Furious like stuff where the acting isn't the sort of like it's it's not exactly Oscar bait is it like it's it's about the action not the acting um, and Jason Momoa, in a way, has started like you know. See, it's not. It's 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 quite serious. You know, it's not a sort of like fun action flick. It's supposedly you know quite like a decent, self-respecting series. I um, mean, I think that's my problem. Like Jason Momoa, it, it hasn't gone down the route that Vin Diesel or you know these ex wrestlers have, where he's sort of like he actually is an actor. Mm. You know what I mean? He's not an ex wrestler turned actor. He is an actor, <laughs> and that's that's why I'm frustrated. Like I can forgive an ex wrestler or whatever showing up, like Arnie or whatever. You know, um, his acting career is pretty solid. You <laughs> know, like he's obviously plays. He fits into a very specific role. Like, but like I I don't know. I, I feel like Jason Momoa just hasn't found his place, and I'm starting to wonder whether there even is one. Yeah. So. I actually don't. I don't want to move on because I, I, I really need to. I really need to actually talk about this performance. Now, so when I watch um, films like this, action films, uh, Marvel films, the, the villain for me, um, like we've said, does steal the show. And and I think I need to go way way further into why this was so bad. It was so obvious. You're right. It was so obvious. He was he was playing on the Heath Ledger and the Jared Leto Jokers. Mm. Um, it is you know the comment that we read out there suggested that, but like you have to be embarrassed of that performance. That because your performance, if you're comparing it to them two, you have to be genuinely embarrassed of your performance playing that type of character because. And, you know, we're not even going to the, the Joaquin Phoenix one as well. Like, they were convincing, they were dark, they were... You know, I don't know about Jared Leto. <laughs> okay, Jared Leto, yeah, but he only got yeah. five minutes, to be you fair. Are, yeah. um, I mean, that whole movie was a car crash, wasn't it? You know, convincing, dark, entertaining, mysterious. You know, there was no suspense to this film, and there was no mystery towards his character. He was, you know, there was, I saw a comment, he was basically dressed like the genie out of Aladdin. For, for half of this film and <laughs> yeah. you know the whole you know his 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 USP was pretending to like ballet music and every time it wasn't, he, that wasn't really forced through very much really. every time he was you know every time one of his plans was coming together he was waving his arms about like a composer and and switching your your view, vision from one place to another as he as he directs the the action and and it was just cringy. It was pathetic. You know, like Heath Ledger and Wacking Finn, they're scrawny, they're scrawny guys. They get other people to do the nasty work, but when they need to switch it on, they can they can switch it on. Um, you know, they, they switch on the violence. You don't expect it to come. You don't you don't think it, you don't think it's within them to be able to be so sinister and nasty. And also this is like a twelve A. So there's no space for Jason Momoa to be really sinister and nasty because it's it's a film aimed at families, you know. I mean, the whole 
you know the whole tagline for the film is family yeah. so you can't have a you can't have a sinister villain that's you know kind of you, you know you're playing on the fact that he's maybe got psychosis or something like that and you're trying to really dampen that down and and really it kind of I just it just was offensive it was just it was offensive to that style and like he you know he's he's a big muscly guy and it just it just didn't fit it did not fit do tom do the bane do bane tom hardy make him a force to be reckoned with he just mm. you know it just did not fit it doesn't suit him it's funny because it's like they took away the one thing that jason momoa does have which is his physical presence like he's always like on some tower somewhere overseeing the action or whatever or like like behind the wheel of a car or something like what jason momoa does have is, is the physical presence there's one moment when him and dom Torero come face to face and you um you see how much taller i've got it's i've got dante Momoa's character, yeah. Dante, like you see how much taller Dante is, and 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 there's like that, you know. Surely he'd make use of that, like like his actual physical, the, the level of physical intimidation that Jason Momoa could possess is isn't used, and I don't get what I mean. And, you know, and I'm criticizing Fast and Furious here for not doing Fast and Furious well enough, but like they, they don't even have a fight, the two of them, not and, even a and fish fight between, them. like come yeah, on. <laughs> like, like <laughs> and and. and that, that's exactly it I mean he's got the he, he, and maybe maybe creatively he wanted to come away from just being this big physical guy but like yeah. maybe do that elsewhere this is a film for big physical guys throwing people around throwing and cars at each other <laughs> throw, yeah why didn't he throw a truck at Don Tretter or something <laughs> and, and you know and really really put you know put the fright you know put make people quake in their boots as, as he walked on screen this is, this is the thing isn't it like I think if you if you go if you want to do I don't know you want to you want to make a serious name for yourself in acting or whatever you don't come out the gate trying to be Heath Ledger you don't come out the gate trying to be Joaquin Phoenix and you know try and come out the gate trying to be um, Marlon Brando or something like you, you know you work up to that or whatever like maybe and I, I, I think I think Momoa could have had a trajectory towards that from Carl Drogo, but it's like he's tried to go straight to that kind of like groundbreaking role, you know, playing some kind of memorable villain straight away, and in in the wrong space as well. Like as you say, Fast and Furious um, occupies the very specific space of a family-friendly action movie, which doesn't really give you a lot, you know, a lot to play with at all. You gotta have like high octane adrenaline, car chases, and explosions, and people dying, but in a very PG way, um, which doesn't, which is, I mean, is quite difficult to do. I think, quite. I mean, who who ends up enjoying that? Like you're trying to compromise on too many levels. Um, but then they had the scene where he was talking to dead people. Yeah. So that didn't fit at all. Yeah. I mean, and that you know that does kind of make him kind of horrific, but like it, it doesn't fit it's with forced the rest. There. It's, yeah. It's just. It's just. Okay, this it's almost like this isn't That's, working. It's this too isn't working. Far, Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just um, doesn't it doesn't none of it adds up. And there's not the space for the for the the terrifying like psychotic villain that he was trying to play. It it it, it just missed. And I think I think you can't really blame anyone but Jason Momoa for it, which I think is my frustration with him. Again, it was bad. It was pitiful. <laughs>
the, and you know the last comment is with that when when actions films miss the villain usually hits and when you've got nothing none of them you literally you, you don't have a film I, yeah. I can't even credit it as a film yeah uh, yeah and yeah. that's that's where I have to end with it so I want to bring up one other thing which is that there's only one other movie franchise I can think of modern movie franchise that would have the audacity to end on a cliffhanger now obviously we're talking like spoiler warnings obviously but like this movie ends with Dom and his son having just driven off like down the vertical face of a dam which then starts to crack or I don't know the villain blows it up or whatever like they're standing beneath a, a dam that's about to break and then the credits roll and we've obviously got to wait for the next instalment of this franchise to, to find out who airlifts them out of there because obviously you know that will be a, a cliffhanger that's tied up in the first five minutes of the next movie um, or 30 years ago they both went under Dom Toretto went under some surgery that granted him invincible to fire and it's passed down to his son and they just survive which was I mean about to get oh, it just doesn't make sense but yeah I mean, so it harkens back to the days of Saturday morning cinema decades ago where you know it'd be like a western or a black and white action movie and you know with um with heroes that could inexplicably escape their bonds when captured and all that kind of thing like it, it's the same sort of genre but a modern take on it and they would always end with um, or traditionally they would end with a, a cliffhanger to try and encourage the audience to attend again for the next week mm-hmm. we're into a time now where we're waiting years between movies so why why is it that we feel the need to end on cliffhangers in movies it's not a TV series well that, well that's that's it telling you we don't have much of a story please come back <laughs> this is all we have yeah so the other franchise um not to you know <laughs> elicit an argument here but the other franchise that does that is Marvel which I know is one that you sometimes or you have an affinity for so I guess my question for you is like how can you criticise this movie to the extent that you do while simultaneously defending Marvel for doing very much the same thing and following almost exactly the same tropes Marvel for me is and I think with so many people is is built on nostalgia you know a, a character or characters you've grown up with if if you liked comments if you uh, comments if you liked comics if you liked trading cards you know it's it's bringing a comic you know it's bringing the edition the number 75 edition of the comic you love to life it's bringing your top trumps cards to life in, in, in film and movies and and when a superhero defeats one villain another is always going to just come out of the out of nowhere where where marvel and in, in its modern in its modern world has, has come to is i think a lot of films hit well some films hit i think a lot a lot kind of miss you know but and they go off the same trope of there's either or not you know there's an origin story where you find out how a superhero got their powers or or you know they they have to or a story where they they're down on their you know they're down on their luck and they have to overcome this big um <clears throat> you know this big event at the end of the film and marvel know how to do that they've been doing it for 
decades. Um, they build on nostalgia. They usually um, cast good villains. Um, yes, they all end in the most of them all end in the same way, where the hero overcomes the villain. But that's a story, you know. That's a story everyone is kind of. Everyone enjoys. Everyone. Well, it's everyone understands to the that. Genre, yeah, but it's the same in Fast and Furious, isn't it? It's the same in Fast and Furious, but where I'm criticizing this is where Marvel has this has the blueprint, and it has. You know, you know what's going to happen. You don't need to watch a mark. You know, let's let's take DC uh, Flash for example. You know that everything's going to be fine at the end of that film, and Flash has saved the day. You just know before you go in. You just know that's going to happen. And even if he hasn't, he has. Yeah, I get it. But and and you know the same with Fast the Fast X. But with Fast X, the acting's bad, the villains bad, the um, you. These are these are these are like those real life people that you, you can only do so many stunts with helicopters and cars and boats and things like that. Whereas you know, there's at least you know Marvel dips into sci-fi where there's a much bigger world you can you can kind of explore in that regard. Um, the stories are already written decades before, so you you can you know it's almost like. You know, you think of The Last of Us as well. We know where that story's going. It's the same with a Marvel film. You no, know where the story's no, I going. I, I, okay. You know, you, you know where the story's going. And and that's the same with Fast X. But for me, Fast X had got so many fundamentals wrong. The villain, the villain, the actual, the story from start to finish was all over the place. Yeah. And at, and at least, and and <clears throat> we talk about, and actually, we talk, you, you mentioned a cliffhanger. You could, you could argue that the film I battered for on the last podcast, Infinity War, ended on a cliffhanger. Mm, in my that, opinion, it wasn't a cliffhanger. It certainly was. <laughs> it, it was. It was a. It was a cliffhanger because of the money involved with the film. They could. They could have. It was a cliffhanger in the story sense. But half of the world gets wiped yeah. out, and half of the heroes that we're all rooting for gets wiped, wiped but, out. Tune but, in next time to work to so we can show you how they come back. But there wasn't necessarily any any. There wasn't necessarily any hint to that. The film ended in despair. Yeah, I mean, and I'm... and the audience and maybe the film producer had already announced there's going to be another one. But like at the end of it, you could have ended Infinity War as it was. I think it's a bit ridiculous to suggest that that's what they were trying to go for. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but how obvious was the Fast X cliffhanger? Yeah, but but then a cliffhanger always is obvious. Like I'm not going to get a cliffhanger for being obviously a cliffhanger. But we're saying film shouldn't have the audacity to. To, to do it right not necessarily I'm, I'm saying that it's it certainly cheapens yeah. a franchise that's been going on this long and, and, and for me I could have walked I personally could have walked out of Infinity War in despair and gone wow that's it you know mm. that's that's you know that's that's where this Avengers storyline can end it's, it's sci-fi it's not real you can't end it there yeah Fast X goes. It's not. Don't worry. It's not going to end here. The Rock's in the new fit. The next one, and 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 there's a bias to it. There's a bias to it. There's n- there's nostalgia deep rooted. Yeah. Through you know decades of growing up with in that you know with that genre and enjoying that genre. I know it's. I appreciate its limitations, but I believe the product. The product usually within within Marvel, the ninety minutes, the hour and a half. You know, the two hours. 
it at least fills to a blueprint. The actors are usually do a decent job. Uh, the cinematography is, you know, there's no cinematography in this movie. <laughs> well, it at least does what it's supposed to do well. Yeah, to yeah, an extent. Yeah. And and for me, Infinity War was was the best example of that. Endgame was a problem for me because it came so soon after Infinity War it didn't leave any room for imagination or anything like that and, and that is the the big problem I have with that in, in general it was like oh no don't worry you're in despair but there's another film coming out next year everything's going to be fine um, I would I would have left it Infinity War, as Infinity War for years people not think it people actually thinking it's not going to continue so that's that was that's my one big criticism of those two films um, because I think Infinity War was fine to be left on its own. With this, like there wasn't any redeeming, you know, characters. Eight characters come back. Uh, the film jumps mm. from one useless scene to another mm. that doesn't make sense. The superhero movies don't necessarily have that. There's 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 logic to what's going on in the story. Yeah, this I, has I nothing. This absolutely. I respect has nothing. what you're saying. What, what do you, when you refer to the blueprints that they have? What, what do you mean? The comic books. They have the comic books. They have superheroes struggling, journey to journey to prepare to overcome dastardly villain. While in the meantime, dastardly villain is taking over world. Yeah. End point. Superhero. Yeah, but that's, but that's not the structure villain. that's specific to the superhero. Absolutely story, not. Is that is just the action genre, and I'd say that Fast and, most Fast and Furious movies pretty much adhere to that as well. Correct. This one did not. No, it didn't. This one, even, even, even well, kind even, of did. <laughs> even, um, even the ninth instalment, which was also bad, had had John Cena as a believable figure that was going to take down that family. Was he a villain when he came in? He he was the half brother out to get revenge, and then he becomes. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't know that. That's really annoying. allegiances in this franchise are all over the place, aren't they? Like everyone. But but this but we we know this film jumped from scene to scene. There was a cast of the, the there was a cast of throwaways going from London to Rome that meant nothing to meant the story. Absolutely nothing. Nothing to the story, yeah. and there was that that was all the villain was we've just said we've had 10 minutes on how bad the villain was yeah. the the villains in marvel films i would say 80% of the time hit the spot i think a lot of the problem with them with the marvel, with or with your, i think my problem with your criticism oh sorry with your defensive uh, marvel movies though is that like a lot of the time you know there's the nostalgia point you bring up like a lot of the time these movies um deviate from the comic books so much and so i think like for want of a better term, disrespectful to the canon stories in the comic books. That, like, you know, Civil War, I mean, I haven't read many of them or even watched many of them, but, like, Civil War is a good example of um, how a, how the, the, the big budget Hollywood movie franchise just took a story and just cheapened it to, to mm. no end. So, so my, so, so I guess my commentary towards that is I, and, and I know I said we don't need to go and see Flash, but, <laughs> but the DC film versions are actually much better at doing Maybe that get there all they'll go that yeah. way they'll go the same way because the money's the money's in you know franchising it well there's also this whole corporate battle between those two companies yeah. and rumors of, of marvel sabotaging dc from the inside and all that kind of chaos i and and yeah i my my, my argument has has you know is is laced with me being hypocritical but i, I just yeah, you're you're kind of right. I mean, 
I, I appreciate the criticisms of Marvel. They 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 franchise things. They they de- yes they deviate deviate away from the comics. But like you know, it's it's still the character. It's still the character that you love. Do, but you can say. But journey. again, you can say that about Vin Diesel, and that's I, that's almost what I would say. Like I am actually, believe it or not, I have more sympathy for the Fast and Furious franchise than I do Marvel, because it's at least slightly more original. Like I, I guess just not as a superhero guy mm. as well. Like. I like, um, you know, Dom Toretto, um, Brian, you know, Paul Walker's character back in the day. Like, the first few movies were, were you know, were quite good within their genre. And I'm, I mean, it's just gone off a cliff and did ages ago. Um, so I kind of, I don't know, I've kind of got more, like, I'm, I guess I'm talking about these, all, all of these movies, Marvel, John Wick, Fast and Furious, whatever. They all fit into this act, very specific action genre with very specific reoccurring tropes and, and a structure that, will never really be deviated from that far. It can only be done well or badly. Um, and they, they all have the same problems. Mm. And I just I don't think any are are um, blameless in, you know, some are just done better than others. And I think Fast and, the Fast and Furious, early ones at least, um, were, were, were forgivable, were all right. Like, did, did quite well. Now, obviously, like, this movie that I've seen that we saw yesterday was probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen but I would put it in the same category like the same level as trash as most of the modern Marvel movies so I think, I think like, if you take the personal I, out of it I, you know? I do I do agree I do agree um, but me and, and, and you know millions of others will, will just look at it there's, there's so many Marvel films I, I haven't actually seen because I because I, I don't I know I don't need to um <laughs> Uh, but like I still have you know there's, there's still so, so you want to aim for it let's release movies that people don't need to watch <laughs> but you know if a if a origin story of a character I predict I particularly liked you know when I was a kid comes out I'll, I'll go and watch it and and, and 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 yes that's maybe cynical that they that they're able to play on that but you know, I, the, the, but I also do agree with the originality of the original Fast and Furious films. This one, objectively, on its own, was not one of the worst you've ever seen. It was the worst film I believe ever created. <laughs> I genuinely believe that. I've seen Sharknado. No, I've seen Sharknado the, was sick. I've seen, I've seen Sharknado. <laughs> I love movies like I've that. seen The Room. I can't wait for the next seen. Pir- I've seen Piranha 3D. Yeah, they all, all, they all slap. All, but but you know they're original. They're 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 funny. They know what they are. I've just seen a trailer for a film called um, The Blackening, and the, t- the the tagline for it is "We can't all die first. Like you, you know, that's that's going to be awful as well. But at least those films have some dignity and there's a self awareness in them, isn't there? They're you know they're their own thing. They're not like. I think I think you hit the nail on the head earlier. Fast and Furious is taking itself seriously. Still, still, way past the time it should be. And yeah. and for me, that is disgusting and despicable. And just, I cannot wait until this series is done. 